I'm in the book of Esther tonight, and then let's just see how the Lord's going to do this and unfold this tonight. I believe I'm carrying a very, <clears throat> a very special word from the Lord tonight. I believe it's going to impart life to us, and I want to dig right into it. There, there's 10 chapters in the book of Esther, and they're full of revelation. And just be careful on my mic, guys. It feels like when I'm up here, it's about the feedback. Just be careful with it tonight. Anyway, it's packed with revelation. There's 10 chapters here, and I'm going to have to shoehorn us into uh, the scriptures tonight and move past a lot of the history of the book and the history of the text, and I'm going to have to move right into it. But what we know in the very beginning is that, are you there? You're in the book of Esther, chapter 3. In the very beginning, here's what we find out. The Lord divinely orchestrates Esther's life to make sure that she would be at the right place at the right time. Say that tonight. The right place at the right time. Say it one more time. The right place at the right time. God made sure of it. He also made sure that she would have the ability to do exactly what was her divine assignment. God also made sure that she had Mordecai, her great uncle, and that he would be a voice that would help guide her and lead her. But ultimately, her faith would rise and she would move into her divine assignment. It's an epic story. She was an orphan. She was an orphan that was raised by Mordecai. She was raised for a specific destiny, though. She was actually groomed by the Lord for a very specific destiny, a calling. For those of you that understand and know the book of Esther, or maybe the story of Esther is new to you, but her her destiny and her life assignment was literally that she would save the Jewish people from complete annihilation. And I'm using this, this text tonight as a prophetic blueprint. Lest you think that we're just kind of romanticizing biblical history or we're going to talk just about the life of Esther tonight. We're not doing that. We're actually laying a grid for where we are at in the fall of 2022. Let this take hold of you. Tonight, I'm, I, I have to speak to you prophetically tonight. I want to speak to you prophetically tonight. I want you to hear prophetically. I want you to see prophetically so that the Lord can help us to where we must go. God used Esther to save the Jews from total annihilation. She was an orphan. I want you to look at one scripture in Esther chapter 2 in verse 7. It says, And Mordecai had brought up Hadessah, that is Esther, his uncle's daughter, and she had neither father or mother. The young woman was, was lovely and beautiful. And when her father and mother died, Mordecai took her as his own daughter. There was a diabolical plan that had been set in place by Satan himself to destroy the Jewish people. Satan had put it in the heart of a man named Haman. But... It wasn't just for that moment. Satan was actually looking ahead in into the future. You will remember that the first prophetic word of Jesus coming into the earth was in seed form. It's Genesis 3.15. It's the prophetic word of Jesus. Jesus that's Genesis 3.15. That the serpent will bruise your heel, but you shall crush his head. Can we go there tonight? Can I, can I preach tonight? Really? You're, you're going to bruise his heel, but, but ultimately when my seed, the Son of God, 
the Son of Man comes in on the scene, when he's released into the earth, he's going to crush your head. And Satan was always on the lookout for the coming of the Prince of Peace, Emmanuel, mighty God, the counselor. You got me in that Christmas mood tonight. You hit me with that. And the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful. Come on. Come on. Wonderful. Counselor. Okay, we'll keep going with it. Mighty God. Satan knew that he was watching each generation. We see this all through the Scripture. That's why all of the male children were killed, right, in Nazareth, in Bethlehem. That, that's why all, the, all the, the children were drowned in the Nile River with Moses. It goes all through the generations because there was a seed that was not only the son of God, the son of man, but was also the son of Abraham. From the very beginning, there was a promised son that was going to come. And when he came, he was going to crush the head of Satan. Hear this tonight. If you're taking notes, I'd like you to do it. I want you to grab hold of this. God is right on time, and he's never late. you got to hear that tonight. God is right on time, and he's never late. Grab this tonight. So now once Esther is divinely set in place, she's in the palace of King Ahasuerus. Haman now has started his plan. Let me set it to you like this if I can. He had hatched, Haman had hatched a plan in secret, in the shadows, in the darkness. That's the only place that the enemy can traffic. Remember what I'm saying. Listen prophetically tonight and hear prophetically and see prophetically. The enemy can only traffic in darkness. He can only traffic in the shadows. He cloaks himself in darkness, lest he be brought into the light. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So let's just say that Haman was, uh, he was part of the deep state. And he hatched a plan. Here's what we know. Esther is now in place. See, God is always on time. He's never late. God had already orchestrated setting Esther into her divine assignment before the plan would be hatched out of darkness and then it would begin to circulate and then the declaration of the annihilation of the Jews would come. God had already set things in place with Mordecai and Esther. Isn't that awesome? God's never late. How many of you know that God is always working? Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen for those, from those of you watching online? That was good. God is always working. Even when we, we sing a song, even when I don't see it, you're working. How many of you know that when we're sleeping tonight, God is still working on your behalf and on our behalf? Angels are still working on our behalf. Oh, it's awesome. Haman was a killer. He was a bloodthirsty wolf. He was a killer. He was an antichrist prototype. you got to hear this tonight. He was an antichrist prototype. He hated the Jews. Haman was a man that wanted to be seen. Haman was a man who wanted to be worshipped. Haman wanted everyone to bow down to him according to the book of Esther. He wanted to be tucked up right against the king. And I'm in Esther chapter 3 and verse 1. And after these things... King Ahasuerus promoted Haman, the son of Hamadatha, 
the, Ag- the Agite and advanced him and set his seat, watch this, above all the princes. Do you see that language? He set his seat above all the princes who were with him and all the king's servants who were within the king's gate. They bowed and they paid homage to Haman. For so the king had commanded concerning him, but Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Oh, my. Don't jump over those words. But Mordecai would not bow or pay homage. Then the king's servant who were within the king's gate said to Mordecai, Mordecai, why do you transgress the Lord's command? And now it happened when they spoke to him daily, he would not listen to them. You know, I like Mordecai. How many of you like Mordecai? Yeah, yeah, you're tracking with me. Look at verse 4 again. Now, it, it happened when they spoke to him daily, daily. He would not listen to them. See, he was only going to bow and honor God, right? He would only bow to his king and to his God. There is a historic, I was reading this earlier today in my office out of the text, but there's a historic picture of Adolf Hitler standing in front of this gathering, and all of them have their arms out. And you know how they held out their hands to salute. And there's a man sitting just like Jason is sitting right now with his arms crossed looking at Adolf Hitler. And I love that photograph. You can find it. You can Google it tonight and you'll find it. It's a, it's a powerful, powerful picture. There were those that stood their place and said, no, we're not bowing to this. I'm not in agreement with this. I'm not going this way. Can we go there tonight? I mean, can we go? All right, I'm feeling it. We can go. And that they told Haman and see whether Mordecai's words would stand. So Mordecai had told them that he was a Jew. Now watch that. This is important. Then Haman saw that Mordecai did not bow and pay him homage, and Haman was filled with wrath. (laughs) Yes, he was. But he disdained to lay hands on Mordecai alone, for they had told him of the people of Mordecai. Instead, Haman sought to destroy all of the Jews, who were throughout the whole kingdom of Ahasuerus, the people of Mordecai. Now, I I am just going to pause for a moment and make this very important point. And I need you to let, let this sink in. This is a prophetic blueprint for where we are at right now. You have to, you have to know, you have to Awaken and understand there is a diabolical plan that has been set in place by a demonically inspired administration, not just to cancel the church or not just to call you and I non-essential. They are after annihilating the church. Can we go? I want to tell you boldly tonight Satan is going to fail again trying to destroy the church and trying to destroy America. He's going to fail again. He failed then. He's going to fail now. We're not giving up. There is a people, and you are that people. Those of you in the sound of my voice, 
There is a people who is receiving a word and an anointing, an anointing from the Lord to save our beloved United States of America. And I recognize that everyone cannot hear the word. I recognize that everyone cannot believe for the word. I recognize that everyone won't enter into the word. But there are a people who will enter into this anointing and into this word. It's going to happen. And it's happening. And it's, a, it's an assignment, ladies and gentlemen, that we cannot ignore. And I tell you, it is an assignment that I cannot refuse. My wife and I are committed. And I believe this family is committed. We're going to do everything, everything in our strength and our might to get Satan's filthy claws off the throat of the United States of America. Come on, church. We are not to be overcome with evil. Do not be overcome by evil in this hour. Romans 12, 21 says, do not not be overcome with evil. But do what? But overcome evil with good. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 18 and 19, very plainly, he says, I'm going to build my church. And when I build my church, the gates of hell will not prevail against the church that I build. And I'm going to give them the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And they're going to have authorization to use these keys And whatever they permit, it'll be permitted in heaven. And whatever they forbid will be forbidden in heaven. That means you have authorization and you have the backing of heaven. You have the authority of heaven. You have angel armies that will work with you as you believe the word of the Lord. And you step into your divine assignment in this hour. Oh, my Haman was elevated into prominence. He's in the kingdom. Mordecai would not bow. He would not reverence him. Word got out of the plan of annihilation of the Jews. And what happened? Mordecai goes into prayer. He goes into fasting. He goes into action. you you got to see this. But not only did he start praying and fasting and going into action, he started actually discerning by the Holy Spirit what Esther's role would be in that hour. you got to see this. We're going somewhere with this. He started discerning the blueprint and the hand of God and the moment of opportunity. It was Leonard Ravenhill that said these words, the opportunity of a lifetime must be seized in the lifetime of that opportunity. Listen to it again. The opportunity of a lifetime must be seized or apprehended in the window of that opportunity. You've got to seize it. You've got to take hold of it. Mordecai was starting to discern the hour. And there are many good believers right now. They're good people, but their head is still in the sand. They don't know the gravity and the weight of this hour. And we're going to get into the story, and you're going to see Esther didn't know it either. Stay with me tonight. Stay with me. So what happens is Mordecai sends a letter to Esther. He sends her a letter. It contains very powerful words. It actually contains very sobering words. But as we, as we contemplate these words tonight, 
This is what I, I want you to see and I want you to hear. These words were a warning, but these words were also words of life that propelled her into her divine assignment. And here's these words, and we're going to look at it in just a moment. i got to put them in seed form before we look at the text. He writes her a letter and he says these words, if you remain silent. I want you to write that down tonight. If you remain silent. See, because there's a danger of speaking out in the fall of 2022. There's danger. You'll be canceled. You'll be sued. You'll have crowds coming to intimidate you, whatever it is. But I want to tell you tonight, there, there is actually a greater danger in being silent. And you have to measure out the cost. And Mordecai was going to speak into the heart and the life of Esther and to the potential. Hear this. He would speak words of potential into her life. She would have to take hold of it. She would have to take faith and move into it. So when Esther found out that Mordecai was now in mourning, and we don't have time to go through the whole book tonight. He's in mourning. He's in fasting. He's in weeping. He's in sackcloth and ashes. Now, she's in the palace, and i got to set this up. She's in the palace. There, she doesn't have a care in the world. Understand this. i gotta, I got to keep moving. She doesn't have a care in the world. She is in tranquility, right? She's being bathed by her servant girls. She's got the finest oils being poured upon her. She's got the finest perfumes being poured upon her. She's being made ready for the king, right? She's being anointed. She's got the best foods. Uh, she's got the best care. She's, she's got the best servants. She's got a fairy tale life. What am I getting at? She doesn't understand yet the gravity of the hour. A plan has been hatched. She's in her place of destiny. But she doesn't understand what has been hatched all around her. In Esther 4, in verse 4, I want you to look at this. And so Esther's maids and eunuch came to her and told her, and the queen was, and this is about Mordecai, the queen was deeply distressed, and she sent garments to clothe Mordecai and take his sackcloth away from him, but watch this, he would not accept them. This is so powerful. She sends him clothes, like Mordecai, and and maybe she's thinking, man, You're just going too far. And there's some right now that think that this remnant bride, this warrior church is going a little bit too far. Just take off the sackcloth and ashes and put on these new clothes and watch. He wouldn't receive them. So let's go on in verse 5. Can you read with me? And then Esther called Hathach, one of the king's eunuchs, whom he had appointed to attend her, and she gave him a command concerning Mordecai to learn what and why this was. And Hathach went out to Mordecai in the city square. That was in the front of the king's gate, verse 7. Is it behind me? And Mordecai told him all that had happened to him and the sum of money that Haman had promised to pay into the king's treasuries to destroy the Jews. Now, we're not just romanticizing biblical history, are we, tonight? What are we doing? We're listening prophetically. He also gave him a copy of the written decree for their destruction, which was given at Shushan. 
that it might sh- that they might show it to Esther and explain it to her, and that he might command her to go into the king to make supplication to him and plead before him for the people. This is a picture of intercession. This is a powerful, I got to pause here. This is a powerful picture of intercession. Mordecai saying, you've got to go in and make supplication before the king. You've got to go into his presence. Numbers, put it in your notes tonight. I didn't give them this scripture. It's just coming to me right now. Put it in your notes. Numbers chapter 16. You will remember in the wilderness, number 16, in the wilderness, God's wrath and fury was breaking out against a disobedient Israel. And a plague was going through the land. And so Moses inquires of the Lord, and he tells Aaron, he, takes, he says, take the golden censer and put incense on it and run. Run out there and stand between the living and the dead and wave it before God. It's a powerful prophetic picture. Aaron stood between the living and the dead. It's the picture of intercession. And what Mordecai is telling Esther is, you've got to now stand in your God-given place, and you've got to make intercession on the behalf of your people. This is not, Esther, this is not just about your life. This is not just about you. This is not just about everything that you hold dear. This is not just about your children or your grandchildren. This is about our entire nation. This is about our people. Grab a hold of this tonight. What verse are we in? Nine. Thank you, church. I heard four Five, nine. <laughs> nine, four, one. All right, so Hathach returned and told Esther the words of Mordecai. And then Esther spoke to Hathach and gave a command for Mordecai. Track that. All the king's servants and the people of the king's province know that any man or woman who goes into the inner court to the king who has not been called, he has but one law. Put them all to death, except the one to whom the king holds out the golden scepter that he may live. Yet I myself, this is Esther, yet I myself have not been called to go into the king these 30 days. And so they told Mordecai Esther's words, and Mordecai told them to answer to Esther. Do you think in your heart that you will escape? Now, these are powerful, powerful words. Grab a hold of this. Do you think in your heart that you will escape in the king's palace any more than all the other Jews? For if you remain completely silent at this time, relief and deliverance will arise for the Jews from another place. But you and your father's house, you will perish. Yet, who knows whether you have come to the kingdom for such a time as this. And Esther told them to reply to Mordecai. Watch this. Go and gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days and three nights. And my maids, this is Esther, and my maids and I, we will fast likewise. Notice, they're taking action. 
They're taking action. They're not burying their head in the sand. They're recognizing now the gravity of the hour has come. We're going to fast likewise. Watch this. And so I will go to the king, which is against the law. And if I perish, I perish. And so Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther commanded him. This is powerful stuff. Here's my point tonight. Esther was more in danger in remaining silent than to go before the king. you got to write it down tonight. There, there is a danger right now. Church, you got to take it personal. This, this, this is a message that is being summoned, and it's an invitation individually and corporately and it's going out all over. Will you heed this word? Will you heed this word? Esther's response is this. I'm going to go before the king. If I perish, I perish. Now I want you to hear this and write it down. This is what consecration looks like. Consecration has to look like something. Consecration has to look like something. What Esther did is she counted the cost, and she counted the price. She weighed it out. But what she, what she had to weigh out was this. I will be the person I'm willing to pay the price to expose evil. Because as you continue to move through the book, God profoundly, prophetically orchestrates a divine cadence, if you will. The song of heaven started to be played. And you know how you watch movies, and you know why you like them so much? Because the, mu- the music moves in. And this is where the music is turning. And you can, it's, you can almost hear like the now, now the cadence of the drums of war. Now Haman is coming out of the secret place. Now the plan has been hatched. Now they are moving into place. Now Haman has been given authority. They are going to annihilate the Jews. But here she is set in place, and Mordecai is speaking to her destiny and saying, now is the time. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering perhaps, Esther, if you haven't come to the kingdom for such a time as this, and if you don't do this, God will raise up. He will raise up deliverance for the Jews in some other way. But who knows? It could be you. It could be you that God has raised up for such a time as this. We are going to find out in this hour who the consecrated church is. We are are going to find out who is going to go all the way with the Lord in this hour. All you have to listen... All you have to do is watch and listen what we heard out of Washington, D.C., actually out of Philadelphia, from the imposter. All you have to do is watch where this is really going. This is serious stuff. Some of you get uncomfortable when I start talking this way. You want to bury your head in the sand. You, you just want to stay in that that zone, and, and I'm, I'm going to tell you what that zone is. You know what that zone is? You want to live a nice, peaceful, and quiet life. 
You want to live a tranquil, peaceful, quiet life. You don't want anyone to interrupt your world or interrupt your life. And I'm going to tell you something. It wasn't fair. Oh, my gosh. It was not fair to Esther to be placed in the most intense opposition. And I'm going to tell you in this hour, it's not fair that we are where we are at. But I'm going to tell you, brother, we are here. We are here. This is your hour. This is your assignment. And you cannot get out of it. This is the time where you don't retreat. You step up. You step you. This is the time you step up. You don't retreat. And now is the time to speak. It would, listen, it would be very easy for me and Bren to retreat. It would be so easy for me to just back up and look at you and, and do series, four-part series on faith starting the next week. And we could run the gamut on a series on faith. And then we could start a series the next time on the gifts of the Spirit. And it would be great. But guess what? Listen. If we don't understand, guys, if we don't understand that God must save America through the ecclesia that Jesus is building, we're not going to have anything else. If we lose this nation, we lose everything. If we lose this nation, look what's happening in this place. Look at the glory that's hanging in this place. The manifest presence of the Lord is so thick. Thick and tangible. This is sacred. This is sacred. This is holy. And I, for one, I can't miss this assignment. You can't either. You can't afford to miss it. And here's what Mordecai's saying. You can't afford to miss this. I think perhaps God has brought you to the kingdom for such a time as this. Now watch this, Esther chapter 4, verse 14, go and gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me, neither eat and drink for three days or nights. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. I'm telling you, she took action, she took courage, she took faith. She took action, she took courage, she took faith. I want to say to you, church, victory, it's time to be brave. It is time to be brave. The church in 22, 2022 cannot remain silent. We have to count the cost. We have to understand the price. And listen, if, if I'm not trying to come across to you harsh. I'm not trying to be provocative. I'm trying to equip you and talk to you as an army of God that is being raised up. The church is wasting their time fighting hard to save their image. The church is wasting a lot of time on things that don't even matter. They are trying to save their image. And it, it, ladies and gentlemen, it is not about your reputation in the earth. It's about His. 
You got to be at the very beginning. You have to be willing to lose your reputation. You have to be willing to allow people to scar or mar whatever you've worked so hard at. You've got to see that is a worthless thing. If Paul was here and he would preach. We, we've got the chronicle right here. He would say, I was willing to look at all of my pedigree, all of my background. I'm a Hebrew of Hebrews. I'm a Jew of Jews. I know the law backwards and, and forward. I'm blameless in all the things according to the law. But I'm telling you right now, I've, I've counted it all as rubbish. I've counted, counted it all as dung. And dung in the Hebrew means, and you got that. And so he said, let's just move on. He goes, I look at it all, and I I count it as absolute nothing to the glory of knowing Christ Jesus. I'm telling you. We're going somewhere tonight. Go ahead and silence your phones in Jesus' name. What has been pronounced out of, out of Washington and out of this administration, it's so demonic. Folks, we are called to fight against evil. You and I are called to push back the darkness and to illuminate the light of God. You and I are the light in the world. You are called right now in this hour to stand up and fight. What, what does that look like? That looks like these mothers and fathers and grandfathers and uncles going, going in before these school boards and fighting these bloodthirsty wolves and saying, we're not going to tolerate you anymore perverting our kids. We're not going to tolerate you indoctrinating our precious, innocent little children. We're not tolerating you anymore. We're throwing you out of your seat of authority, and we are putting in voices of righteousness. We're going to put in people who are true mothers, who are true fathers, and who will guard over the hearts and the lives of our kids. That's what it looks like. And give God praise. It's happened in Sarasota, Florida. Come on! It's happening. My God. Oh, my gosh. I want you to look at a a scripture in Ephesians chapter 5 tonight. I'm going to begin to read in verse 11. The Apostle Paul, he says this, he says, Have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness, but rather, read those next words. Oh, say it, church. Expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of those things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. For whoever makes manifest is light. Oh, you got to grab hold of that. Whoever makes manifest is light. Therefore, he says, awake you who sleep. Arise from the dead and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectively, not as fools, but wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. My God, we're surrounded by filth, surrounded by decadence, surrounded by deception, surrounded by witchcraft. The days are evil. And it would be so easy for us to retreat and go away hiding and to be silent. But I say to you tonight, for the sake of our children, 
for the sake of our grandchildren, for the sake of this republic, for the sake of this nation, for the sake of the inheritance of this country that we have been given, we cannot be silent. And I ask you, have you come into the kingdom for such a time as this? It's not fair. Yeah, it's not fair. And it's not fair what's happening now being pushed on to the emerging generations, the debt, all of it. It's not fair, is it? Somebody has to fight for righteousness. And I'll tell you what, folks, if we retreat, your false peace will last about that quick. That little bit of tranquility that you've been longing for will evaporate that quick. Because I'm going to tell you something, they're coming. And this is where this is going. You need to stay with me tonight. Jesus said this, Matthew 5. Stay with me tonight. Are you with me? For real, are you with me? Just a few more minutes. We're going to wrap this up. Watch this. Jesus said in Matthew 5, verse 14, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be what? Hidden. I, I want to tell you, you're not supposed to be hidden. My friend, you are not supposed to be hidden. You are light. You are the light of the world. You're a city set on a hill that cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but put it on a lampstand and it gives light to all those who are in the house. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. There's no going in the hiding. That's what I'm trying to get to. There's no going in the hiding. There's no being silent in this hour. You have to speak truth. And if we don't speak truth now, evil will reign completely over this country. The future belongs to the righteous. Now I'm going to read Esther 4, verse 14 out of the Amplified. One more time. Watch this. For if you remain silent at this time, listen to these words, liberation and rescue will arise for the Jews from another place, and you and your father's house will perish since you did not help when you had a chance. And who knows whether you have attained royalty for such a time as this and for this very purpose. Mordecai is saying, Esther, there is only one way to face, face this evil. There's, if, if everything that you love, every, listen, everything that you love, everything that you hold dear, there's only one way out of this, Esther. You have to face this evil. And you have to take faith and courage now and step forward and expose it. And that's exactly what she did. You read on. She exposed Haman. And we'll get there in just a moment. He said, face it. What am I saying? I'm saying retreating is not an option. Retreating is not an option. God is saying the exact same thing to the church right now. You have to face down this menacing enemy. You cannot retreat. Now, church, oh boy. Now I'm going to get to meddling. 
Church, do not be sidelined by lukewarm Christian friends. Do not be sidelined by lukewarm Christian friends that tell you all is not in dire need. Don't be sidelined by lukewarm Christian friends that will tell you all, all is in God's hands. Everything's going to be all right. It's all in God's hands. I want to tell you, those lukewarm voices are not doing anything for God. They're not consecrated to the Lord. They don't have a clue what's going on in this hour. Their head is in the sand. I want to, I want to tell you plainly, I'm not mad at anybody. I'm preaching to an army tonight. Can you hear this? I want to tell you pl plainly, God's plan and method is always a man and a woman. God works through people. That's how God works. Dutch ta taught us the other night, you are the plan. You are the plan. Look at somebody next to you. Say, you are the plan. God chooses a man. God looks for a man. God looks for a woman who can actually understand and discern the hour and perceive the gravity of the hour, but also will come into congruence in their faith with their own identity and their own purpose for this hour to know the Spirit of the Lord God is upon you. He has anointed you. And it is your time now to get into agreement with that. You are anointed. You are the voice of God. You are the hands of God. You are the feet of God. You're the light of the world. You are the salt. Are you hearing this? You are the salt. You are the light. You are the voice. You are the voice. You are the salt. You are the one that God is choosing. You are the one that heaven is counting on. And heaven says, if you will believe me, then nothing will be impossible to you. And I'll give you angel armies to work with you. And I'll back you up in everything that you do. I'm going to say it again. God is not calling us to something hard. God is calling us to something impossible without him. He's calling us to something that is utterly impossible without him. But with him. Don't you tell me America can't be saved. Don't you tell me America can't be saved. Oh, my God. All things are possible to them that believe. Guys, Jesus is in this house tonight. The Lord is here in this place. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. If he said it, he will do it. He is not done with America. And I've left everybody in the dust that tries to tell me they have no hope. They've given up. I've said it to you before. How many in this room would give up, would give up on any relative that you've been believing God for all these years? No, you wouldn't. You'd never, you're never going to give up. You're never going to quit praying for that prodigal. You're never going to quit praying for that, 
that cousin that went into a lesbian life, a homosexual life, you'll never give up. Are you hearing me, church? Your faith is still burning. Your faith is still alive. You're still calling them home. And God is looking now for a people to call the prodigal nation back home. Who will believe? Who will believe it? It's going to happen. It's going to happen. God is still looking for a few good men. Now, I'm about to close, maybe. (laughs) Just hold on a second. Let me just take a drink. See, these guys got it made because they have a leader that will let them worship for an hour, hour and 20, hour 30, hour 45. They got it made. And if they were in another construct, construct in another system, they'd have 18 minutes. And it'd be all she wrote. It'd be done. We wouldn't get anywhere. We wouldn't get anywhere. But that's why I preach this long, too. It's got to be fair. <laughs> How many of you understand this demonic administration? You know what they're doing to the church. How many of you know what they're doing presently to the church? Yeah. They're out to silence the voice of the church. They are out to take away any opposition. I can't even begin to tell you about the warfare and the fighting, even this week, what the enemies tried to do. It's unbelievable. This agenda that is coming, remember this, it is after full tyranny. They want total control. The lockdowns, the mask, the forced vaccinations, the control on the media, the sponsorship of all the looting, the burning down of our cities, billions of dollars. Are you hearing me? They want to take your rights, folks. Now, if you want to be part of a good old family church, go do that. I'm talking to an army tonight. They want to come and take your rights. They want to take your speech. They want to take your jobs. Let me go further. They want to take your inheritance. They want to take your money. And let me get right down to it. They want to take your children. They believe they are in total control, and they're demanding it. And they're coming for for the church because the church is not essential to them. And the reason why they have to shut down the church, (laughs) this is where it gets it. They do not want us calling out their sin any longer. They do not want us naming their devils any longer. They don't want us making them accountable and calling them that you will stand before a holy God and you will be judged for what you are doing. They don't want people to hold them accountable even to defending and preserving the Constitution of the United States and the Bill of Rights. They don't want anybody holding them accountable. 
That's why the church has to be removed. And they're coming. Here's something else. They do not want us calling out communism. They do not want us calling out socialism. They don't want us calling out their wildly wicked perversions. They don't want it. Ladies and gentlemen, communism is not coming. It's here. I'm going to make this plain. There is only one thing in this nation that can be effective of burning this kind of evil out. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Ron DeSantis. It's not anybody else that you can, you can name. It's the church, the ecclesia that Jesus is building, that the gates of hell will not prevail against. And they will step in to their God-given authority. They will take courage. They will take faith in this hour. And they will stand up and they will speak the voice of truth and the voice of righteousness. And they will call this nation out of their perversion. They will call this nation out of their filth. They will call this nation out of their rebellion. And there are those, they will have an ear to hear. And there are those that will reject. But this is the hour we must speak. We cannot be silent. We cannot. Oh, my God. And I'm there. Second Timothy chapter 2. Let's go there tonight. I'm there. Cody, in, in, just come in about two or three minutes, okay? Second Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. I'm going to get another drink. And we're back. <laughs> but in a great house, there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and clay, some for honor, some for dishonor. Therefore, if anyone cleanses himself from the latter, he will be a vessel for honor, sanctified and useful for the master, prepared for every good work. And I've went the distance tonight in this. Here's my goal. My goal tonight is to tell you that God is preparing each of you to be a vessel, a vessel of honor. God is building you to be a vessel that is ready for every good work that the Lord will call you to. Here's what the Lord wants me to tell you. To those who are drawing close to God in this hour, you could be the ones who will unlock the strategies to save the United States of America. He's given you keys of authority to speak, to bind, to loose, to forbid, to permit. And here's what the Lord wants me to tell you tonight too. There are a group of believers who are being uniquely anointed right now to save this country. And I want to say it again. Everybody will not enter into this word. And everyone will not receive this word. But this word is for some. 
I'm not just talking about this house. I'm talking about the church universally. Specifically, I'm talking about the church of America. Because the church of America, most of the church is going to keep on doing what they're, they're doing. And they're hoping to God everything's going to go back to normal. And nothing's going back to normal. <clears throat> Shakespeare said this. He said, some are born. Hold on. Talk amongst yourselves. Let's sing my voice. This is where we need elevator music behind me. Actually, I would prefer war drums behind me. This is where the music gets cranking, right? Some are born great. Some achieve greatness, but then Shakespeare said others have greatness thrust upon them. And I want to tell you that that's the hour we're in. The way that Jesus said it in the book of Revelation, he said in these last days there will be the greatest overcomers on the face of the earth that will emerge as champions before God. They will emerge as champions. They will emerge as overcomers. It is being thrust upon you. It's not fair. I don't want to hear that. We, we get it. This is the hour we've been called to. Now it's time to rise. Now it's time to speak. Now it's time to be courageous. Now it's time to be bold. Now is time to be a voice of truth. Now is time to be a voice of righteousness. Now is the time to be a man of God. Now is the time to be a woman of God. Now is the time for the real church to be the church that Jesus is building and demonstrate authority and power in the anointing of the Holy Spirit and not back down from the devil's. That was a good place to say amen. <clears throat> and here's what happened to Esther. Go ahead and come, Cody. Esther went in before the king. And she took his breath away. He saw her beauty. And he saw favor upon her. He stretched forth the censer. And it wasn't long after that she asked for a private meeting, a private meeting, and said, I want you to invite Haman. Let's have a little night, a little rendezvous, and let's have a dinner. And in that dinner, she exposed evil before the king. Haman was all excited. Oh, he was so excited. I get an audience with the king and the queen. Oh, but then she pulled back the curtain and exposed. This evil has been in your midst the entire time. This is the plan that he has hatched to annihilate me and my people. And the favor of King Ahasuerus overturned everything, and Haman was hung on his own gallows. And the children of Israel were ultimately saved from annihilation because God is never late. He's right on time. He had a woman in there that took hope, took faith, took courage, listened to her great uncle Mordecai and said, I'm consecrated. If I perish, I perish. I'm moving forward. 
And God was with her. God was with her. And this is what I say to all of you tonight. We have access to come boldly before the throne of grace. We have access. The censor of the Lord's kingdom and of his righteousness has been extended to us. Don't be woe as me. You were born at exactly the right time. You were supposed to be here now. And we were supposed to be together at this time. We were supposed to be family. I was supposed to be with you. You were supposed to be with me. Because we have a divine assignment. And we're not backing down from it. It's time to speak with moral clarity. It's time to speak truth. It's time to speak righteousness. We cannot, we cannot be silent. Who knows? But perhaps you have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. I remind you tonight, you are set apart. You are chosen. You are a son and daughter, but you have an assignment. I say take courage, dear friend. Take courage. Take courage. I feel like I need to say this again. Man, I feel like I need to say this again. Some of you who are being tempted to go into hiding, that false peace is gonna, it's gonna evaporate that fast. Everything that you hold dear in your life, everything, you have to now step forward and fight for. You have to do it. This is the hour we have to save this nation. I often think, and I'm about to close here, I often think about the ministers during the Revolutionary War. I often think about what they were preaching and what they were sharing. They not only preached the gospel of the kingdom, but they were also voices out of what was coming through down the pike concerning law, concerning the war, And they were raising the standard. They were calling people to rise up. To fight for freedom and for liberty. People people will watch this. People will hear it. People will find it. They will denounce me. They, they They will denounce me. They will write me off. They will call me a Christian nationalist. They will call me whatever. I'm not losing sleep over it. I'm not going to lose sleep over it. We have to save our nation. And we are not the ones that are saying, oh, it's all in God's hands.
because it's not. God's plan is a man and a woman. God's plan is us. And I want God to use you. I want you to become a voice for God. I want you to become a trumpet for God. I want God to use you. And I want you to find your divine assignment in this hour. And what God tells you to do, take courage and do it. Please, take courage and do it. Step forward and do it. Don't retreat. Run forward. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon you. He has anointed you to preach good news. God is sending you forth to break open prison gates and bars. To give hope to the brokenhearted. To restore lives. To heal, bind up wounds. There's no doubt we are in an epic, epic fight in an epic warfare. Don't be discouraged, friend. We're in this for the long haul. One more time. God is the master of the long game. And he never loses. He's never lost. And as long as we are in the earth, God has called his church to win. I'm looking at winners. I'm looking at winners. I'm talking about the anointing. I'm not talking about our strength. Our strength's about that big. God's strength is oceans. I'm looking at winners. I'm looking at overcomers. I'm looking at champions that God's going to use to rise up. It's not over. All is not lost. It is not over. All is not lost. Don't you dare think that I'm up here just being a cheerleader and throwing some pom-poms for you, for you to feel good this week. You better know I'm preaching to you the word of the Lord. You, you got to know it. Your mind has to be renewed. But the future is ours. Hallelujah. Let's stand tonight. Set our affections on the Lord. Come on, just set our affection upon the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Grab hold of this church that we got to pray, Lord, teach us the ways of your glory. Teach us the ways of your glory, but also teach us how to fight and how to win in this hour. Jehovah Sabaoth, the Lord of angel armies, the Lord our breaker goes before us. Teach us the ways of your glory. 
Teach us how to war, God, with your fire and with your glory, with the power of your word, with righteousness like a fire in our belly, to live lives of integrity, live lives of character, live lives of hope, to declare truth, to be men that can be counted on in this hour. Did you hear that? To be men that can be counted on in this hour. To be women that God can count on in this hour. I bless you in the name of Jesus. If you would, receive this. Receive this tonight. Lift your hands. Oh God. Oh God. I bless your people. I bless your people, Lord, who are learning and stewarding your heart, stewarding, God, your presence, waiting upon you, God. Thank you for what you are doing in our midst. And I bless your people tonight to be filled with faith, for faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. Lord, I thank you for building faith tonight. I thank you for loosing, refreshing, and I bless your spirit tonight. I bless your family tonight. I bless you this week to rise up and overcome. I bless you with sweetness in this place of intimacy with the Holy Spirit. I bless you to be overjoyed in the presence of the Lord. I bless you that the Lord's Spirit would just blow open doors of opportunity to share the power of the gospel. To lay hands upon the sick and they will recover. To lose hope. To bring deliverance. To cast out demons. Hallelujah. To proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. The Lord's favor upon you. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Take a hand next to you right now. Lord, we pray for America tonight. Lord, we pray that hope would break forth in America like a wildfire, that it'll be unstoppable. Hope will spread. Hope! Hope will spread like a wildfire. Unquenchable, unquenchable, unstoppable. Lord, that hope will spread. Hope will spread. Lord, we thank you that evil is going to be dealt with. We thank you for the overturning of every evil, vile system. And everyone that has pledged themselves to that evil, oh God, that you show and manifest your power. That the wicked would be uprooted out of their place of authority. And that the righteous will be set in place. We call forth, Lord, for righteous fathers and mothers to be set in place to father this nation. Love this nation. We call forth menders, restorers, repairers of the breach, restorers of the cities to dwell in. Say, I am a mender. I am a restorer. I am the repairer of the breach. I'm a healer of generations. Oh, say it. I'm a healer of generations. 
come into agreement with your destiny. Come into agreement with your identity. Come into agreement with your purpose in this hour. I bless you, mighty warrior. You mighty warrior, you mighty woman of God, you mighty woman of God, you man of valor. <laughs> How many of you ever feel like Gideon? An angel shows up and says, hey, mighty man of valor. And he's like, who are you talking to? Who are you having fellowship with? What are you talking about? I call you mighty men of valor. I call you mighty women of God. You are mighty. You are mighty. I bless you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Love you, church. Praise the Lord. Would you be seated tonight? Ushers, if you come, if you need an offering envelope tonight, we want to serve you this evening. You can give online safely and securely. VictoryFLA.com. For those of you that knew that our app went down, our app is back up. <laughs> oh, yeah. You can give safely and securely on our app, VictoryFLA app. Folks, to be honest with you, I'm so glad that God gave me a yes on this word. I could have worshipped all night. Honestly, I could have worshipped all night. But I had to wait for the right timing to shift gears. Love you, church. Love you. All right, open your Bibles. I'm Part two starts now. <laughs> Love you. Amen. Are you ready to give tonight? Man, I, I, just, I just encourage you in your giving. We know about tithing. You know, guys, tithing did not come under the law. Tithing came by revelation. When Abraham discovered who Melchizedek was, who brought him bread and wine, he had a revelation of who Jesus was. And he gave him tithe of all. Tithing comes out of revelation. Not under the law, not under duty, by revelation. So we understand the tithe, but ask the Lord what he would have you to give. You know, in whatever, listen, you'll never be manipulated to give. I want to speak to this for a second. You will never, ever be manipulated to give at Victory. If anyone ever got in this pulpit and tried to do that, I would take the microphone out of their hand immediately. God's people are smart. God's people are generous. You don't have to fleece people to give. You just have to listen to the Lord. I encourage you in your giving that when you give, give it with faith. Don't, don't just put in a little token. Give it with faith and say, God, this is my worship. This is my worship unto you. I put my faith with this. And, and the amount is, is, not, is not really important. It's about obedience. It could be $5 tonight and say, God, I am sowing into this word tonight too. And let this word now reign in me. May I move in this anointing. You understand? May I move in this anointing that you are pouring out for our country now. So, Lord, we, we give, and we give with love, and we give with honor. 
Brent and I give tonight, Lord, with love, with honor. This church gives with love and honor. We worship you, Lord, in our giving. And we thank you for miracle increase that has already come and miracle increase that is coming. And the miracle of our property that will manifest. And I thank you, Lord. You're right on time. <laughs> you are never late. You're right on time. And it will manifest. And Lord, I speak a blessing over the people of God that the windows of heaven would be so opened over you that there will not be room enough to contain the Lord's provision. I speak prosperity. The Lord delights in prosperity of his sons and daughters. That's the word of God. God delights in blessing you. God doesn't want you broke. God doesn't want you in lack. The enemy does. God wants to bless you. God desires. He dreams about blessing you. Come into agreement with that dream and say, God, I desire your blessing. I desire your favor. Now, Lord, bless your people. Let your countenance be lifted up upon them and smile on them, Lord. Show them your great favor in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Ushers, go right ahead. I'm going to do this again tonight, and I, I know that we did this last week, and, and I'm just trying to be sensitive even to our, our prayer team. Because we pray a lot for people here at Victory. How many of you know that? We pray a lot for people. Last week, we opened our altars just to be with the Lord. And it was so special. And the kiss of God is here. Even when I'm thundering and preaching like I'm doing, guys, the kiss of God is right here. We're going to open the altars tonight for you to linger and be with God. Be with God. Let this anointing settle down upon you. You're not the only one going through changes. We're all going through changes. I'm going through changes. And everything is changing in this country. But I'm telling you, there is a glorious heavenly anointing that is coming upon the body of Christ for this hour. I, I ask God all the time, Lord, make me bolder. God, make me bolder, please. Make me bolder. May I never retreat in the face of enemy, the face of the enemy. May I never retreat from the face of evil. to say this before I open the altar. Listen, what I'm talking to you about tonight, I'm not telling you that you are elite. I'm not telling you that you're better than anybody. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not telling you you're the Green Berets. I'm not telling you you're the Navy SEALs. I'm telling you we are chosen by God to change this nation and this world. Embrace it. Do it. Take it a day at a time. Do it. Press into this, folks. Press into this and press into it daily. The Lord loves you. The Lord loves you. Can you believe where we've went tonight in God? Hasn't it been awesome? I mean, really, hasn't it been awesome? 
I mean, when we, when we, we were at 50,000 feet in five seconds in worship, as soon as, as, soon as we started, we have liftoff. <laughs> Guys, the, the altars are open. Be sensitive to that. Take your conversation into the, the uh, lobby. One day we're going to have a huge lobby. Amen? One day we're, we're not going to hit each other with flags. I've hit so many people. Forgive me in Jesus' name. One day we're going to have a large altar space. We're going to have a huge lobby. That's going to come. Tonight, if you want to talk, you want to linger, do that out in the lobby. You want to pray. You want to be with God. Stay in the sanctuary. The altars are open. Church, Brent and I, we love you. We bless you. Good night. Those of you online, good night.